Welcome to Cautious Optimism, an infertility podcast. We are three friends eternally bonded by our individual heartaches with infertility. Join us each week as we discuss the ups and downs that often accompany the road to parenthood. Here's to hoping for the best and being cautiously optimistic about the future. I'm joined today. This is Karen and I'm here with Chelsea and James. We're going to do a little bit of a couples interview, which I'm so excited about because (laughs) I think so many of us are interested in the dynamics of going through an infertility journey and just how it impacts relationships. And it's crazy. So we're going to have just a few questions and just let you guys talk it out. Awesome. <laughs> Therapy session right here, right? Karen's <laughs> <Yes>. our armchair expert. <laughs> oh, I'm not qualified for this. Okay, so to start things out, um, let's dive straight in. What has been hard during this journey? Yeah. That's very. Do you want me to yeah. start, James, or do you want to start? Uh, yeah, you can start. Um, I think for me as a wife. I feel in some ways, sometimes I feel like I failed like him as a wife. And I know that's like deep right off the bat. (laughs) Sorry guys, we're jumping right in. Um, But that's a real feeling that I had. And like, sometimes I felt so much guilt over that. Then I, that like thoughts would creep into my mind of like, gosh, does he ever like wonder if he married someone else and this was easier? Because like I'm my body's broken in a way, you know. But James has always been really great at reassuring me and telling me that like he loves me and he doesn't matter, he doesn't care, you know, if we had ten thousand babies or we had one baby or how we had to have a baby, you know. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things when James and I were dating, I kind of thought that I had was gonna have some struggles just because of the way my cycles were and some stuff that we had already discussed with my doctor and we weren't dating very long I don't know if you remember this conversation but we were kind of just talking about like the importance of family and like what we wanted in our futures not necessarily with each other yet but just like do you want kids you know and he was like yeah being a dad is like one of the most important things and I would pay a million dollars to be a dad (laughs) yeah I remember thinking growing up like I didn't know how much it costed to be like a parent like I thought it did cost a million (laughs) dollars but like as I grow older like I realized like you know like I would pay a million dollars to have a baby like I'd give anything to have a baby like that's the most important thing in my life like I would sacrifice anything I needed to 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 make it work but Yeah. And I feel like we have, you know, I mean, there's a big financial aspect to this. And a lot of men sometimes struggle with that. I don't know how it is in most marriages, but I feel like in a lot of marriages that I, you know, all my friends or family members, a lot of the men are a little bit more financially, you know, they're the financial planners and more prudent with their, their finances. And, that's putting it nicely there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's but, other words, but yeah. <laughs> but like James has never really been that way. And it's been nice because I feel like I would feel another level of guilt if 
I felt like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like that is something that was a real feeling that I felt as a wife. And he's been really great at reassuring me that that's not true. But I think as a wife, you need to be honest about those feelings with your husband because I think when I would let it eat at me, then I would like it festered and it just started this cycle of sometimes self-destructive behavior. And so if I had any advice to women who were feeling this way, I would say as hard as it is to be that vulnerable, like explain that to your husband that you do feel like you're failing because I feel like once I explained that to him, it made sense of why I was acting a certain way. And James, how did that make you feel when she would have moments of feeling like a failure and like this was her fault? How did that make you feel? It would make me feel really bad. And like I, that it's the worst thing, like having her be miserable and having those kind of feelings like is the worst thing because all I want to do is please her and uh for me the hardest thing is finding the right words and being open and and vulnerable enough to share my feelings as well and Chelsea's done a great job of helping me be more vulnerable and helping me open up and share my feelings more and that's been really good but yeah seeing her in pain is the hardest thing for me. Like I don't ever want to see her in pain. I want her to be happy. And so, yeah. Such a hard part of this journey, but I like what you guys talked about the financial burden and you guys have experienced every spectrum. It feels like through IVF, through adoption, through surrogacy. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it is beautiful how hard you guys work together because it's not easy for anyone. And no. you guys have a lot of blessings. You recognize, you know, the mm-hmm. abilities to do these things. But it is a sacrifice yeah. Yeah. to make those dreams a reality and pursue those options. So you guys are a great example of thanks. teamwork. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thanks. Okay. So next question. What has been helpful through your journey? So we started therapy. with a therapist and I think that that was really important for us as a couple um there was a point when we kind of stopped going as a couple and we went to the same therapist but we rotated weeks and had our own personal session and then the next week James would have his own personal session and we rotated like that for a while because sometimes I think it weighs on your marriage and it gets hard Mm -hmm. and you know, as much as you want to pray through it and go through it together and as much as you love each other, that strain can feel heavy. And so we did. And, you know, sometimes it takes a while to find the right fit. We found a therapist that James really liked in the beginning and he (laughs) felt really validated in that, um, in those sessions, but I didn't necessarily feel validated. Yeah. We really just had to find someone that we both felt comfortable and both felt that that was validating infertility no it's just general marriage or general i would i would say though like i loved our therapist but i would say that there were some aspects that i think we might have benefited from finding someone who specialized in infertility we might want to look into that yeah (laughs) we probably will revisit that right now i feel like we've 
kind of processed a lot of things, especially the grief that we lost Max. We really needed to process some things with a professional and help us manage some of those emotions. And then the stress of having a medically complex child. That's a lot of stress. Um, Her mom babysits for us now like once a week and she came over today and babysit Oliver and she was saying the first day we brought Oliver home, she almost cried because she just seeing his room, it looked like a hospital room. Like, and she worried about us, like having that stress in our home with our marriage, like having all of those, all of that medical equipment and the, you know, extra burden. Yeah. Extra burden. The nurses that were coming into our home and sleeping through the night in our house, yeah, watching over him, like having a stranger in our house. Like it was a lot, but I never really even second. It wasn't even a thought. Like it was just what we, we were going to do. Yeah. And it was, it was good. Yeah. And I think you adapt, you know, but I would say it really helped us getting therapy and counseling. And, you know, I think, like sometimes it is sometimes expensive and it's hard to commit the time. Um, but I think it was, and it like my mom would say like, it's an investment in your yeah. marriage. And I think it's important. You're investing so much into this process, like in, invest back into your marriage. And like, we have tried to make more of an effort of like doing a date night or setting a time aside. That's just meant for James and I, or taking a break from the fertility world talk and just Mm -hmm. doing something. We also got a massage membership that just is a little bit of self care that we got to do for each other. And sometimes we would go together and sometimes we would go individually, but it was just something that gave us that like, (sighs) <sighs> breath of fresh air and and I think each of the person in the relationship needs to have something that they do for themselves like Chelsea goes and gets her nails done maybe once a month or something mm-hmm. I like to take baths like <laughs> I take a bath like every day I just it really helps like having something you do to like de-stress yeah, that you can have here. yeah maybe a hobby like it, when it was warmer I go rollerblading around the lake with the dogs. dogs they'd pull me around the lake on my rollerblades it's uh, and he got just some having, drones you know yeah yeah drones having some kind of hobby some kind of thing to take your mind off stuff these are all such good ideas i'm taking notes <laughs> <laughs> Tell Steven, we need to do this apply this. we want to be like chelsea and james oh. I think we all want to be like each other. I know. I know those are some really good advice. It's hard because sometimes you feel so identified, not only individually. Mm. We talk a lot about as women individually feeling identified as this infertility. Yeah. But as a couple, man, like it can be exhausting. Like can we not think about this for one second, you know, and it's just hard. And so those are some great ideas to connect and to just work on each other. So thanks guys. Okay. On to lighter things. What is a funny memory from (laughs) infertility craziness? Oh man. Mm. What do you, does that want to come to mind for you? Mm, Trying to think. 
I have one, but it's a little, gosh, sometimes I'm like, it's a little PG-13. Bring it on. (laughs) I feel like if someone's listening to this podcast, they've probably already been through something very similar. So I think it's funny, the man with the sperm analysis and the sperm samples that they have to do for all of these procedures and tests. And I remember the first time we had done the sample, they let us do it at home for his analysis and... We lived a little further from the clinic than we do now. And I was like racing to get there. I remember there was a wreck and I was like worried that I was like not going to get it there in time. And I remember I got there and I had forgotten to put it in a like bag. Oh my God. So I just like bring the cup and I'm like, here. And the the girl was like, thanks. Let me get a bag for you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was because I was just in such a hurry, you know, and I just remember feeling like, oh my gosh, that's so gross. I just set a freaking <laughs> cup of my husband's <laughs> sperm on the counter. That's funny. Oh but, my gosh. Yeah, that do you is remember? too funny. Uh, I remember this thing. Do you, <laughs> what's another funny memory? That's funny thing. Hmm. I know, I feel like when I think about it, I'm like, this is funny to me, but it's probably not (laughs) funny to anyone else. (laughs) So, yeah, Chelsea can be dramatic sometimes, and, like, (laughs) that that is a strength of hers, like... I'm passionate. She's passionate, passionate. yeah, so... I can't remember when it was. She was, like, on all kinds of medications. It was right after my egg retrieval. Oh, yeah, right after her egg retrieval, and... We drove her, I drove her home and she's in bed and she's like, James, I'm slipping away. <laughs> she's like, I'm slipping away. Like, she like thought she was dying or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think I was on drugs. She was on drugs for sure. And I but... just didn't yes. feel good. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're on. Gone through so much. Yes. I'm like, what? Just, no, you're not slipping away. You're, you're staying don't with me. Stay with me. Life. I know that some of so our funny. funny, I think, are morbid, but like, uh, well, we oh, have man. to find some. Oh, there is this laughter. one. So we had to do timed intercourse, like IUI. That one was a crazy one. Like, have sex so at this time. You had to, oh, yeah, it's... have sex at this specific time. And so, like, if you're just out and about, you you have to go do it right then. So people can probably oh, relate man. But yeah. to the time. Oh, the time in intercourse is horrible. Yeah, and I remember I had to like switch work with a friend because it was like I worked twelve hours just at that time, and it was like there would be no way after I gave report and got home from the hospital that I would be home on time. And I was like, "Can you switch me shifts?" And I was, she's like, "Why?" And I was like, "Cause I have to have sex." <laughs> she's like, "So I'm trading shifts for you to have sex?" And I was like, "Yeah." I mean, she knew yes. why, but like, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I know. Carly can decide if she wants to keep that in her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. Edit yeah, that. what goes on when Carly's not in the room? Sorry, Carly. <laughs> This is so fun. Oh. No, it's true. It's real. The reality of your sex life going yes. through infertility. It's hard. It really it is. is. Okay, let's see. So what do you look forward to in this journey? Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing our cute little baby girl. She's going to be coming very soon in May. Yeah. And 
I'm just so excited. Like we've never had this experience experience of having. I mean, it it's still a different experience than anything else, but I'm just really excited. Yeah, like we were talking because they gave us all this paperwork that we have to fill out for the birth and um, our angel, as I call her, um, is letting us be in the room. They can, as of right now, they're only allowing two people in the room. So she is like, I want you guys in the room. Like I wouldn't have it any other way. And um, James was like, I'm glad she's so willing to let us be because I mean, she could choose to have a support person for her. Um, I think we did say that one of us had to be in the room if there was a, like, it came down to having somebody. So, but she could choose one other person for her to have support. So she's making a really selfless decision, letting both of us be. But James has always said, if it was only one person, I would want it to be you. Mm -hmm. But James was like, I'm really glad I get to be there because I might not ever get to see yeah. this, mm -hmm. you know? And while we had Max, we got him at five weeks old. So, I mean, he was still relatively a newborn, but like we didn't really get him from the hospital. And then Oliver was four months old when we got involved. So I think we're excited to like... Just have this new experience where yeah. it's... Right. Like and different circumstances and it's a new experience and i'm just really excited yeah we're excited to see who she looks like and because mm -hmm. oh. it is going to be our genetics this time yeah. so it's like like not that it's any different but it's like oh it is different you know like yeah. it's yeah. going to be a little different like i'm excited it's okay to be excited about some of the differences yeah. it doesn't yeah. make your other children any yeah. less or anything and you guys deserve to have that full experience you have waited yeah. so long mm -hmm. and worked so hard for this moment and we are all just holding our breath so excited mm -hmm. for you guys we made it's it to be so fun. 24 yeah, weeks so, so we're viable yeah. now oliver Which, was born at 25 weeks so like uh, let's hope she doesn't come but yeah. <laughs> yeah. she could come yet. and yeah but she could come and she, I mean, Oliver's doing okay. Yeah, you know? he's doing great. He's doing amazing. Like. But yeah, we want her to stay yeah. in there for a little <laughs> yeah. longer. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay, to wrap this little interview up, I have one last question for you. What advice would you offer to couples who are going through infertility? Um, or who are just starting <clears throat> this journey? journey. Yes. So I think the advice that I'd have is to just be patient and, and like this podcast says, optimistic, uh, cautiously optimistic that, that things will work out eventually as long as you keep trying and keep working toward it. You will have a family someday, somehow, some way. Yeah, and I think... Being okay and allowing yourself to like feel those ebbs and flows and the peaks and the valleys and not beating yourself up too much about that and to really take care of yourself. I think sometimes you just get so wrapped up in the emotion and 
the experiences that we kind of lose. I mean, I know I've lost myself sometimes along the way, and I know we've all kind of talked about how we've all kind of had those experiences. And so if I could go back and tell Chelsea in 2016 when we just started this, I would tell her to try to keep a part of herself that is like put it in a box, so to speak, and keep it safe away from all the infertility stuff because you do need to have that little escape where you feel like just Chelsea for a little bit. Yeah, I'd maybe also say like don't lose the relationship you have with your uh, spouse that this can be an experience to build your relationship in ways that you never would have thought were possible, but not to lose lose the passion and lose the love for your spouse. Yeah. Thank you, James and Chelsea. That is such good advice. And I admire so much your guys' relationship and the cautious optimism that you apply to all areas of your life and how you've just made the best of each situation and how you truly do never stop trying. You try and try and try again. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We won't tell Carly what we have. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Cautious Optimism. Find us on Instagram at Cautious Optimism Podcast. Send us a message, leave us a review, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And most importantly, keep hoping for the best and stay cautiously optimistic about the future.